and welcome to Raven Conversations, the show where we bring you the news and information around the Washington National Guard. I'm Sarah Morris, and on today's episode, Joe and I sit down with some of the G1 staff for the Washington Army Guard to learn more about IPS-A, the Integrated Personnel and Pay Systems Army. IPS-A looks to modernize Army human resources and develop a system for managing talent, reduce IT and military pay costs, and improve soldiers' lives through transparency and mobile capabilities. I have put some links in the show notes for the IPSA homepage, and every Washington Army Guardsman should have received an email inviting them to look at their profile. If you have any questions about IPSA, please contact your unit HR specialist. Enjoy! Bigfoot country is earthquake country. If an earthquake were to happen right now, what would you do? When you feel the ground shaking, drop, cover, and hold on. Do not run or you may be injured by things falling. Remember, if you are near the ocean, the ground shaking is your warning that a tsunami may be coming. After the shaking stops, move to high ground and stay there. Make sure to listen to local emergency officials. Have enough supplies to be self-sufficient for two weeks after a disaster. For more information about earthquakes in Washington, visit mil.wa.gov preparedness. Be sure to follow us on social media. Stay up to date on all the cool events, stories, photos, and videos happening around the Washington National Guard. If you have a question, have a comment, or just want to say hi, send us a DM, PM, tweet at us, whatever, and we'll answer you. We also love to share and collaborate. Send us the photos or videos you take at Drill or AT, and we'll tag you. Are you an active Instagrammer? Well, you might be a perfect candidate to take over our account. Send us a message, and we'll set something up. To find us, do a search for WA National Guard. That's WA National Guard, and look for the blue check mark. We should probably stage. make sure that we we listen to this like one time before you actually publish. It. I will listen to it about four times before I publish it, and I get yeah, well, the final say. I'm not sure say, if I'm gonna like my voice. I don't care. Sorry. <laughs> I have to listen to my own voice. I have to listen to my own voice so often. Jim can pass the mic. Yeah. So. Whenever you pass the mic, just make sure you don't talk until the person has the mic, just because there's going to be that feedback of the cords moving around. Sure. Cool. All right. We're already recording, but I'm going to say hello, and we're going to talk about IPSA. And then uh, I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves. So we'll just start with you and go around the room like that. Cool. Lieutenant. Oh, sure. All right. We're going to start. We have to do a pause first. For the... uh, now pausing for station identification. Well, she has to say welcome, and then here's what we're talk I actually about. listened to the, the, the last one just this morning, so it made it feel like, oh, I, I'm well-versed in what's going right. on right now. Well, Hold on, right, thanks, but so. you're not really. Okay, no. let's all be quiet for just one second. Okay, this morning we are going to talk about IPS-A. Uh, Joe is here with me. He doesn't have his own microphone, so I'll just let him. I'll just share with he for. Yeah, there we go. And then... Uh, Everybody's going to introduce themselves, so go ahead, sir. Lieutenant Colonel Chris Blanco, G1. Uh, Chief Joshua Orr, uh, G1 HR Systems. And Captain Jim Covell, G1 uh, Plans and Policy. Uh, Chief David Dean, I'm the deputy for Colonel Blanco on the G1. Awesome. So what does IPSA stand for? Well, that's a great question. Um, IPSA stands for Integrated Personnel and Pay System Army. 
which I think I got that right, right? You did. Nailed it, sir. Yeah. I would rather have Cavell say it the way he says it. Yeah. Oh, the and Integrated Personnel Pay System Army. It's like really what we're talking video. about here. Really good radio yeah. voice. <laughs> I'm going to hire you now. You're, now he belongs to the PAO. Sorry. He, he could probably do that. <laughs> well, we are successfully fielded with IPSA, so I, I guess that should free me up, shouldn't it, sir? Awesome. And what, so, okay, now we know what the IPSA stands for, but what does that mean? So what it means in, in like, a real real way to, like, soldiers or commanders or whatever is that now everybody's got access to their records, everybody's got access to their information. Um, we've taken what used to be a locally held database and put it in your, on your laptop at home, we put it in your, your phone, you know, um, we've taken a really centralized thing decentralized it and made everybody an active participant in managing their their records yeah so all organizations companies microsoft amazon all the way down to i remember when i was running coffee shops in ohio we have our own form of personnel database if you're a small company it's probably just a excel spreadsheet of everybody's hire dates and you know how much you're paying them per month but as you get larger in scale you need larger databases and systems um, the SIDPERS is our legacy system that we've had for decades and decades. Um, looks like an old MS-DOS frame style system. And we're moving to a commercial off-the-shelf software or COTS for those that work within uh, the uh, software field using the uh, the Oracle PeopleSoft platform. Okay. So that's a little bit of the, the background there. And we're one of the first people to field it, right? Well, I think we're in fielding group nine. Oh, okay. Uh, so then, there's one more fielding group after us. Then we're not. But no, Next we're not. to last. The opposite. <laughs> the, the, the opposite of, of We as We as Guard Nation are the fir first ones to field it, and then okay. it will go to the reserve and active component. Yeah, as the Guard, it's kind of working yeah. from the East Coast to the West Coast. We can't hear you, Chief. You need a microphone. Oh, I said essentially it's worked its way from the East Coast, starting in Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and then Virginia, then working its way through the central part of the United States okay. over to here. And Cool. And there's one more fielding group left, I think, with how many are in that? Uh, it's a 12. 12, 12 it's states a, it's are a big in the fielding last group. It's one of um, the larger ones. Both, like, number of states. And but that's the next one. It's kind of a yeah. soon, and then we'll all be integrated into the same system at that time. Okay. So I, uh, when I logged into my email yesterday, I had an email from IP that basically said, Welcome to IPSA. Um, and as a, as a traditional guardsman, what does that mean? I got that email, but now what does that mean to me? Yeah, so for the first time, um, soldiers are going to be able to look at what that database, database says about them. Uh, many folks are familiar with their IPERMs. You can pull up IPERMs, which is an official military personnel file. Um, but a lot of times, the only, the only time you can really see as a soldier, unless you had SIDPERS database access, a very select number of folks, the only time you were seeing your record was if you had a PQR, the Personnel Qualification Report. And so when we're talking IPSA, we're talking like almost think an Excel sheet is the best way to think of it uh, for, for some more basic uh, computer users. What's the actual data points on you? And there's there are hundreds and hundreds of data points that we keep on soldiers, everything from when you joined, when you rejoined, when you get promoted. Um, so now you have a chance to take a look at that. Um, and a common thing that we say within the HR community is is we don't know what we don't know. So a lot of times when you're sitting down with a soldier, you're doing a personnel records review, you're trying to find any discrepancies in the record so that we can have a most complete picture of your service record. I think it also allows the soldier to kind of see it from all the time, right? I mean, it allows them to see it on their phone, at their work, 
um, any type of environment right now that all those things that we ask them to review, updating their addresses, making sure their their rank is correct, making sure they have the right dependence, it's all of that stuff within this database that's now easy to see and easy to touch um, and easy to correct, right? Now they have the ability to do um, customer, um, I guess, service reports, um, to, to say, hey, something's wrong in my records. I, can you please fix this? And then it, it opens up the door for them to to manage some of their own stuff. So last year, maybe two years ago, we went to an online way of doing your life insurance. Right. Um, this is part of that bigger movement to give the soldiers more control over their over their information. So if you're an enlisted person and you've had a name change, you can launch that PAR and have from your phone and have that action completed prior to going to drill. If you move mid-month, Right. Um, you can make those changes, you know, from your phone. Those are things that that you can do. So you're no longer waiting to come in and and you know make contact with a readiness NCO who's yeah. probably already swamped. Yeah. You know, you can do those things. And then if it's a transaction that you've launched on yourself uh, via the PAR, you're actually able to track that movement. Um, so it gives them a little bit more visibility on what's going on with their record, and and more input. So things happen in in real time. And a benefit is, you know, some of that, like, glut of work that the readiness NCO gets hit with at drill yeah. should kind of be spread out throughout the month because people are able to get in there, do those things, and not, you know, batch it till they come in. Yeah, it's just a little really bit of progress. I, I don't know, you know, how many people out there still remember where you had to come into the, you know, the G1 to see your actual personnel file. Then then we got, like, iPerms, right? It's very similar to that. We digitized all your records, and you actually have access from that with a CAT card if you've got a CAT card reader. You can even go a little further. Now. You don't need a CAT card reader to see the database, you know, so you can think of it like that, and that turned out really, I mean, it's great for people to be able to go in there and download that stuff. It's a long way from the 201 paper file in my <laughs> <laughs> yeah, office. Yeah. Some people might not remember that. I mean, most of the force might, but that wasn't that long ago, really. No. It was just 10, 11 years ago. Yeah, I think it was about 11 years ago cool well that sounds like as a traditional reserve soldier i think that that sounds like a really cool opportunity to sort of manage your own file which can always be a huge headache for a lot of us and the army reserve is fielding in december yeah. of 2021 i know so along we with have the to active wait component. forever yeah. <laughs> so it's like uh, being fielded in waves isn't it like the national guard yeah. was the first wave yeah uh, started what a couple years ago and like what Jim said, Army Reserves or Compo 3 in 2021. Mm -hmm. And Wave 3 in, I think, 22, 23, somewhere that, around that time frame, which will then further consume or subsume the other personnel databases that are out there, which there's a number of them that you know, Chief Orr could probably rattle off. But um, it then allows the total force to see each other Right. respectively, you know, and has some better functions with talent management, some auditability as well. And that becomes huge because, you know, you mentioned like your 201 file. Right. The, you know, those either used to be mailed or like hand carried by soldiers yes. or, you know, whatever method that they did that. Well, now um, you'll essentially, once once all three components are, are fielded, you'll move from the active to the reserve forces almost like an interstate transfer right so you're not going to see that huge loss of data that comes you know that that comes with that um when you assess into the state you know there'll, there'll be a few transactions that we have to do outside of the system like right. uh tie off with you and get a copy of your retirement point statement yeah. from the reserves 
But for the most part, everything's going to come over in that system. So if in the reserve you had, you know, seven AAMs, right. when you come to the guard, day one, we're reflecting seven AAMs. So you're and not going to have that loss from, of data. After everything, like from mobilization too, especially for you guys when you go from Title 10 to Title 32, Absolutely. right? So all of that should be really helpful. Yep. Yeah, because basically you'll be able to transfer that unit to fall into that hierarchy of that right. active duty unit or that active duty or whatever force they're working for right. overseas. I mean, another great benefit of that is once we all get into the same system, as people transition in the HR community anyway, you know, we're working in the same system in the guard right? as, as we were working on active duty. And when we go to school, you know, they'll be training the National Guard people on the National Guard system that they'll be using, which hasn't happened in the past. They always trained on Never. active duty systems, yeah, always you know, whether it had anything systems. to do. And the, maybe they spent a day talking about this is what you do in the guard, you know, and they tried to make up something, you know, or show a presentation to tell the guard guy half the class, you know, what they'd be doing. But I think that's to get to you your know, unit and your UA shows you what you mm -hmm. actually do. Yeah. And then when you mobilize, um, you know, if, if we fell under an active unit or an active unit fell under us, right. however that works out, like historically, we couldn't take care of you like in a meaningful way in an right. HR capacity because we didn't have the same systems or whatever. Exactly. So now, you know, when you attach, you'll be legitimately attached and whatever HR professional like has as ownership of that process, right. will be able to, to do all those transactions and fully take care of the, the people that fall underneath them. Which is awesome. Captain Covell, you want to kind of talk about like the differences in mnemonics between, you know, calling soldiers to now members and stuff like that? Oh, yes, sir. So um, we're, we're, I mentioned earlier, we're moving to COTS or commercial off the shelf right. software. So customization uh, within any software that you get from Oracle PeopleSoft costs money. Um, and it also causes a delay for uh, any time there's a pushed update. Okay. So I'm stealing a line from Chief Orr here, but um, for those of you with a smartphone, which is just about everybody, uh, some days you wake up and your phone has just installed a new update and it works better and they fix things and you hardly had to do anything. At the industry at large within the HR field, that's what folks are used to doing by having software as a service and they push the updates and they keep things relevant. We all know and love within the military that we have these highly specialized systems, and um, it quite literally can be an act of Congress to fix them, right, right. as of our budgetary process. So being supported by commercial off-the-shelf software means that the software can improve and have updates um, with a little bit more seamless. However, yeah. there is a very noticeable implication when you go in the system. So everybody, uh, every soldier with the Washington Army National Guard um, just yesterday, the 25th, right. received their member access. And I say member because in the system, they're a member, not a soldier. That's what Joe was talking about. Yep. Uh, to change every single instance of the word member inside the software would right. almost instantly make it um, cost ineffective. And then every time they try to push an update, they're like, oh, we can't push this update to the uh, military users here because their system's so customized. Right. So it's a bit of a trade-off there, and um, I personally feel that we're moving in the right direction by just, you know, accepting a little bit of change here yeah. by calling soldiers members, you know, commanders and managers, um, those kind of terminology. Right. I mean, we're service members, so it's not too far of a stretch. Absolutely, Sarah. <laughs> you know, and it goes even further with how we look at paragraph and lines, and um, now what we used to use as our DOD ID number or social security number and is now called? So now uh, all soldiers have an FMID, and this is one of the things that's gonna be- An FMID? An FMID. Um, what does that sound for? Uh, force Management Identification, Identification. Number. Okay. So 
um, and really the positions have it. And, and as uh, we incorporate more systems into it, that that 17 digit now? 14, 17 digit car- uh, code. What it does is it, it, it describes a position like okay. extensively, not just, you know, what grades authorized, but what MLS, um, what equipment they're supposed to have. Okay. Um, historically, what would happen is we would pull tables out of FMS. The FIRO yeah. shop would, you know, make whatever adjustments. Right. And then I would manually convert the data um, on a spreadsheet, change it into a, a format that right. was ingestible by SIPRs and do manual uploads. Um, what that meant is if like your position went away, right. um, you could be orphaned and you didn't show up on any of our reports um, or you dropped to the bottom of your UMR. Um, this and also takes a- like what a nightmare for your workflow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like on a real personal level, I did not enjoy that at all. Yeah, I don't so, blame you. I don't blame you one bit. Yeah, so that that going away, at least for me, is a win. But I think it's a win for everybody because right. um, the the orphan problem will go away if I'm sitting in a position that changes. Yeah. Um, when the new uh, when the new fiscal year starts, it'll get a pushover, but I won't be ejected from that position. What we'll get is essentially right. like a change report okay. that says position one hundred five hundred five has changed from. Um, a CW4 position to a CW3 position. Okay. So there'll be another 10505 that populates there that shows up as blank. Um, the HR professionals in charge of me will need to move me from the outgoing 10505 right. to the incoming 10505. And then that night it syncs with uh, AOS and the old 10505 vanishes. So it, it, it gives us some more tools. And then you can, uh, it, it causes us to engage a little bit more. Right. Because when you put a person in a position, if you put them in there and say they're going to be in there till the ETS, well, if the system, which tracks two years out, knows that that position is going to go away, it will tell you you can't put them in there because it won't exist. Right. So then you just kind of back it off to the end of the fiscal year, two years out. And then if that doesn't work, then one year out. And that lets the HR professional know, like, hey, we're going to have some restructuring to do. Right. I think one of the cooler things with the new you know, layout of the units in AOS you know, your, our authorization documents are going to do is like in your typical platoon, people used to have three platoon leaders. When you had three platoons, you didn't know which one was in which platoon. I mean, it's going to be more specific now. Okay. You know, like this platoon leader is going to be in first platoon. It's going to go down all the way down to the levels for each soldier squad leader. And it keeps them with their equipment. That's that's one of the nice right. things. So that is nice. It is one of the nice like things. Like the, if there's a truck that, right. you know, is out of, whatever, Walla Walla, mm-hmm. we, we can't put the driver out of Olympia and you know, right. somebody else out of Yakima. Like it's going to keep them all together. Right. I mean, for crew, crew stabilization and stuff like that, it should be easier for these guys, you know, to look at their UMR and match them up with those vehicles and stuff like that. Yeah. So one of the things I'm really excited about is what this interface provides for the end user, that is the soldier or member, if we're talking Capse, right. or service member, as Sarah, Sarah pointed out. Um, so you have access to your data. We mentioned about that. Right. And that means if you notice, notice a discrepancy on your record, you've got an opportunity to, first off, know that there's a problem existing before it becomes a pay impacting pr- problem or a promotion problem because if your record isn't straight that's going to create problems on your any kind of review board um, or promotion board rather uh, what it also allows is the capability to launch trouble cases okay. right out of the system um, this is very cool for a number of reasons so if I notice that uh, my rank is incorrect 
I can go ahead and just launch a trouble ticket on there. That's going to be routed so that all of the HR professionals within my organization, uh, typically battalion and readiness NCOs, or battalion readiness NCO and uh, <laughs> cut that part out. <laughs> so typically the battalion um, S1s and your readiness NCOs will have access to any of your trouble tickets um, by default. And then they can take a look at what your trouble case is and route it to whoever it is responsible for making that change or update. Then you as the soldier can see who's sitting on your case, who's sitting on your issue. You know, hey, if it's been sitting up at uh, brigade or state level for three three weeks or three months, right. you you know, and, and that kind of helps people picking up the phone if uh, you know figuring out what's going on with your with your um, uh, HR inquiry, as it were. Um, and then everybody along that chain, so commanders can see what kind of trouble cases are out there for their soldiers. Um, they, you know, they don't have to call the readiness NCO and say, hey do we have any pay problems right now in my unit? Right. They can log in and just see a summary of any soldiers that have those concerns. Yeah, it definitely creates a, a sense of transparency across the chain of command, right? So, And they can see where the problems are sitting too. And they can see where the problems are sitting as well. So this allows not only for the transparency, um, but the ability to just do all those types of actions, right. not just on drill weekend, right? Yeah. So you don't need to wait to have those issues resolved face-to-face right. with a soldier. You could just do this online. And not over an email, which we've all have problems with, with webmail or using mm-hmm. Yahoo with PII and all sorts of craziness of, of such. But, I mean, this truly gets all the way back to what General Dent has with the soldier-first, soldier-centric system. Right. This is one of those systems, I think, which allows us to now touch those soldiers on a regular basis as if you were using, you know, your, your own checking or your own banking account or any other such. So right. it's, it's just a – it's. We, I mean, obviously, it's still brand new. We just fielded it yesterday. <laughs> but, but for the most part... We're very excited. It, yeah, we're excited about this. And, and, and for the most part, it, it, elim- it pretty much levels the playing field amongst all the 42 alphas because we're all going to have to learn this together. Right. But, I mean, down to even down to the team level, you know, I mean, it's designed to know who your direct reports are. So, like, if you're a team leader and you've got access to the system, you're allowed to you know, put those trouble tickets in for the, your direct reports. And I mean, it's just the nature of that hierarchical system on how it works. Right. You know? I haven't seen it yet, but <laughs> it reads well. <laughs> you know? But I think it'll work. So if I'm a, let's say, being a traditional soldier once again and um, never went into IPSA, never paid attention to any of these files, what's the first thing I should do? I would assume it's probably log in and make sure one I can log in just fine, but then two kind of go do a record scrub. And we probably have already done a records review at our last SRP, but now it's our opportunity to go in there and actually like look into it and say, "Yep, these all look good," or "Nope, we've got some problems." Absolutely, Joe. And um, a note on logging in and access as well. So you do not need an ID card. Yeah, you don't need a CAC reader or any kind of fancy setup, government laptop or any of those things to access the system. Um, you just go on to the, the HR IPSA link. Maybe we can put that in the... Uh, I'll the put comments. it in the show notes. Yeah, show thanks, notes. guys. Um, so you can access the system um, uh, on your phone or on a computer um, just by using your... Um, oh, help me out here, Chief. DS your login. DS login. There we go. DS login, which is uh, really simple to set up. Um, if it's your first time setting up DS login, you just need like your social security number, a couple other identifying features. Um, it's a long, strong password with um, typically like your email address, and that allows you to go in, see your record, launch any trouble cases on your own behalf. Well, the DS login is pretty helpful anyways because it allows you to get into all other 
dot mil sites as well, like like DFAS and MilPay and all these other ones. That yeah, when you can't use your you can't cat use card, your cat card which handy. is often for us reserve component yeah. soldiers. And really, I mean, you, you should just get in there and play with it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, on the end user side, you're, you're non-transactional, so you're not going to break anything. Right. I mean, unless you go in there and, and submit a par or whatever, you know, just playing around, like moving through there, like you would any other app, you know, you right. get in there, play with it, see, see what it has that is useful for you. Hey, Joe, so uh, Captain Covell actually brought a computer here, so we'll just kind of talk you through some of this. So when you first log on to Ipsay, one of the cool things that you that the soldier will log into and see is that there's like a bunch of tiles on there. And the one tile that I did for myself was to look at my profile. I believe that was the one that we clicked on. And then there's a bunch of other tabs on the left-hand part of the screen here of which the soldier can just quickly review and update, whether it be their phone number, a personal email address, uh, their marital status, and some other stuff that I could have the other guys kind of talk about as well. But I'd it's, like to make a note, this is also on Wi-Fi. It is not plugged into the government network of any kind right now. <laughs> Absolutely, Joe. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's so a good way here. of just, if Gotta you really wanted to double check your personal data in your, your profile on Ipsay, um, you can easily do some of that on your own, either by phone or just on a regular personal computer. And what I did while we were sitting here, I was looking at my contact detail because I'm logged in as um, self-service. And uh, under email addresses, I just went ahead and added my Gmail on there. So uh, you can set that as your preferred email. And um, since these are all scrubbed of PII, there's nothing, um, yeah, there's, there's no... Uh, security violations here on on the emails the system's smart enough not to send right. that um, I can set my preferred email notifications to go to my Gmail um, or Yahoo if that's your thing uh, and that way if you have trouble logging into right. your dot mail account you can get those notifications and see that uh, hey a, a move has been initiated right. and I'm like oh I'm about to get reassigned I think we're really trying to work towards getting everybody on a distro A as opposed to just the full-timers. So like if he yeah. did what he said. You Here, know, I'm going to give you this. Okay. I said we're really trying to get everybody on distro A too. So like if you're doing what Captain Covell said and switch it to your preferred email, you know, when they do send out those notifications like to the whole guard, you should be able to get them on your, your, your Gmail accounts, your Comcast accounts and stuff like that. I think that that's really helpful because we do run into the issue where a lot of the distro A goes to the full-time guys and not a lot to the uh, M-Day soldiers. I don't think we mentioned either, too. I mean, recently we've really had some problems like getting people's APFT scores to show correctly and stuff now. And as we've kind of adjusted to, like, um, putting APFT school scores into the system we're supposed to do it in, Instead of SIDPERS, we were putting them in DTMS or now called ATMS. But those things, and a lot of your DEERS information are direct feeds into this system. So if you go in and update your DEERS, mm -hmm. like a new family member, they will show up automatically into this. I, d I don't know if Mr. Art recalls how many direct feeds are into this system, but how we update stuff, there's, you know, there's a couple new ways. Like we cannot directly input an APFT score for like a promotion board. That has to be done 
through the training system, which will feed this directly. It's kind of neat. Okay. And getting that information like straight from the authoritative data sources is huge because uh, one of the best analytic tools we have right now is CIBEX, right. and it's not going away. It'll just switch where it gets its feed from. Um, so SIPRS is going away, but it's going to get uh, feeds from elsewhere. But with IPSA um, ingesting straight from ATMS, DTMS, DTMS, DTMS. DTMS. Um, what it then allows us to do is a better like uh, validation of like flag mismatches. Right. So soldiers who passed an APFT um, and maybe that flag wasn't lifted immediately, right. that's going to show in in a day or two inside a CIBEX as a mismatch. Right. Um, and that tool's been there, but because of how we got that uh, that feed, we we weren't certain that the PT data was correct. Right. Well, now we'll be certain that the PT data is correct. So it takes a lot of like uh, things that we used to troubleshoot like manually. We'd go through the list of uh, seven seven hundred fives, compare the failing ones right. to the ones that had it, and then look at like whatever two six eights we had left, and then compare that to the seven hundred fives and see who you know we should have lifted right. it on. Um, this gives us like this gives us that immediately. I mean, it it boils it down to here are the people that need it lifted. It needed one. Right. Uh, implemented like those sorts of things and as we've moved across the, the the nation we've really benefited from the states that have gone before who've developed even you know further analytic tools mm -hmm. that that help like close those gaps so um just like across like the garden nation it's provided this amazing networking opportunity right i think that another thing of note sarah is that we've received an unprecedented number of support um, and fielding this system um, all the way from our top leadership from NGB. So there's been a lot of support in helping this to get where we're right. at. Um, one of the other things is that every MSC has a subject matter expert in EPSA that they've gone through training with Captain Covell and, and Chief Orr and all of this. So, you know, not only have we kind of distributed the information and the knowledge at from the G1 level, but it's all the way gone down to even some battalion um, S1s of such. But um, and those guys can be identified uh, how, probably over some sort of S1, G1 meeting over time. But right. um, for the most part, I mean, we've, cr we've disseminated the information. We've got a, a ton of support in helping get this thing to where it's at right now. Yeah, and right now, so we're in our over-the-shoulder over support phase of fielding. So um, we're posted up in the 90s right now with uh, each MSC has, you know, a handful of battalion reps, handful of readiness NCOs that were able to come in. Um, and we're all just kind of working on some tables and okay. um, working around tables and collectively um, uh, making our way through the system. Um, part of fielding this meant that we had to do brownouts and blackouts. So everybody's got a nice big stack of paperwork that they're trying to work through to get caught up and we have the ipsa program trainers on site okay. that are coming around and helping us and we're saying oh i think i'm doing this wrong or i think the system's broke and they're like oh no actually you have to go to this page right <laughs> so it's been nice to see uh this is that capstone for the training we've been doing okay. started in november with a week-long course um, that was just held locally okay. then, then this all month we had um, additional training and then now we're just kind of that over-the-shoulder support and, yep. and, and uh, pushing that that subject matter expertise down to the battalion and company levels and uh, Colonel Blanco had mentioned earlier you know this really leveled the playing field for the 42s mm -hmm. and I mean that that's across the board I mean um, how, how things happened outside of the system 
still are how they happen, but how you engage with the system, it's brand new to everyone. Right. So the over-shoulder support's tremendous. Um, they have a bunch of training tools built into the system. Okay. Um, so if if I knew that I was going to go from a battalion to a brigade, right. I could call the brigade and say, hey, what, what skill set do I need to have when I get there? Right. And then I can engage and I can do that training so that day one in the office, I'm able to get in there and do it. Right. Um, they've really pushed out their, their uh, the user productivity kits, UPKs, that take you step-by-step step through every transaction. Um, they've had they've produced some pretty like detailed user manuals mm-hmm. that are updated by the program that are housed within the system. Okay. So you can get there for a step-by-step step on how to do things. Um, they've really reached out to like people and like where they're at. So, you know, if you're not um, if you're more comfortable just kind of watching, there's a ton of YouTube videos okay. that walk you through like how to's. They're doing uh, two to five or two to four webinars a month okay. where they're talking about like a specific thing. They get the subject matter expert in there. A lot of that's uh, DCS. So there are questions. The program really has done a good job of there's about a week delay between when that webinar airs live and when it posts on YouTube. Okay. And what they've started doing is taking the questions that they that they took to answer later. Yeah. And they're doing that thing that we all feel like people don't do, which is going back and answering right. that question that they wrote down. And so there'll be slides at the end of that uh, video awesome. where just like the, the questions people asked, um, you know, and hey, these are the answers that we got for you. Right. But it's it's great. Like the, the crosstalk and the just the, the number of tools that we have to be successful are huge. Um, but like anything else, I mean, you know, um, I could be new to carpentry and I could have every carpentry tool, but it, it's going to take me a little bit of time to learn how to use them. Right. And that's so sort of where we are as a force. When in doubt, go to YouTube. No, I mean. That's my, that's my life motto. I took some of the, you know, some of the training, you know, over time and everything. And, but I couldn't go into the system today and just know where to go. But I mean, I know where to get the help things in there. Those tools were, like I wanted to do something. I didn't know how to do it. I, I watched the, the basically a UPK, which is similar to the training um, you know, electronic training systems that they developed for us as we were going into this. And, you know, I read the, the documentation with that. I mean, the next thing I would have had to do was probably watch a video if, if you know, if, if I knew how to get to that. Get your step-by-step you know, step on YouTube. Right. You can, I mean, that's how you do it at home that's when you're trying to, when I'm trying to fix something, you know. But <laughs> through those tools, I was able to do what I wanted to do and get to the places, you know, pull up the reports and stuff that I wanted to do. So I encourage everybody to do that, you know, because it really helps. And you're going to have to do it those first few times. I'm sure. So one, uh, one thing I was looking at, uh, it said there was an app. Is there an actual Ipse app? Yes, asterisk. <laughs> so uh, to download the Ipse app for iOS or Android, you do have to first download, download the Tradoc application gateway or TAG. I, I just know the iOS one because I have that downloaded. Um, so you have to download the Tradoc app gateway. Um, and because that's coming through Tradoc, it, like, you have to use your AKO login. Uh, Note that the AKO login is different than the DS login. Right. That allows you to download the Ipse app from inside the Tradoc app gateway. Um, then you've got it on your phone. From there on out, it's easy to use. DS login. I've been, I've been able to do it uh, plenty of times actually since uh, November. We've had that feature okay. available. So and there is a, a little bit of a guide. headache at the beginning, but better afterwards. The same could be said for much of Ipse okay. <laughs> at large. <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, we're gonna go through our growing pains with right. the system and. Always. I've asked all the commanders and some of the, and 
the soldiers that I run into is that with every system that talks about personnel and pay, you should probably always just I be took cognizant. That picture. That picture on your yeah. phone. I took that picture. Yes, the one of the sorry, side the Minuteman. Yeah, over in the morning. Leadership. Yes, yeah. I love that photo. So, <laughs> sidetrack. So, anyways, I, I mean, every commander and every soldier that I run phones. to and talk about Ipsay is that you should be cognizant of as we go through this transition of your of your pay. Right. And you know, March's IDT and April's IDT you should just always kind of be just. Hey, am I still getting paid correctly? Are your is my soldiers getting paid? My W two is all of The most important this? thing of all time. Yes. Are your soldiers so, getting paid? Um, you know, just just to double check your LES and make sure that all of that data points in right. there is still the same. Um, that we didn't accidentally reduce you in rank or promote you in rank, <laughs> and um, that there's there's always that double check. So yeah, um, feedback's always appreciative in this. Awesome. And then I guess I'll log into Ipsay and check it all out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll include the link to that, and I'll try to find their YouTube page. And that's I'll the put, photo you're talking about. Yeah, that's the photo I'm talking about. And I'll put that in the, the show notes as well. Um, but, yeah, I think that's it. Anything else? Did I miss something? No, there's a whole whole piece we could talk about commanders and stuff and about that. but I don't care about yeah. them. <laughs> they get to use the system, too. That's okay. the, That's the short and sweet of it. Just, you know, be patient with your HR people. Yes. Like they're, they're learning. Um, we have smart people. Uh, I don't think we, that we have, you know, too many lazy people. So right. if we have smart people that are motivated, um, this is the learning curve. So, yeah. you know, if if your rank did change, we can fix it, you know, so don't. Um, yeah, don't freak know, out. Yeah, don't, don't shoot the messenger. Like stuff that happens on the system conversion, just because your readiness NCO is telling you about it, they didn't do it. Um, right. and, and we can get it fixed. So, you know, just, just patience. Like, they're all learning it. Um, right. And launch a human resources trouble ticket. <laughs> Monitor the uh, the approval and, and uh, rectification of, of any issues you may or may not have. So other than Captain Covell's like great radio voice, there's been a lot of people that have done a lot of great things to get this thing right. here. So I'll just shout out a couple of people that I want, want to recognize. Go crazy. That, uh, that have gotten us to this point. Captain Covell, obviously. Uh, Chief Orr, Chief Dean. Uh, a couple of the warrant officers out there, right? Uh, Sergeant McCarthy. Um, Sergeant Nelson. Chief Archuleta. Um, who else is kind of Mass Sergeant Keller. Another subject matter expert out there. But there's been a lot of people that helped us get to where we're at today right. and without their help, doing with data quality checks and making sure all their soldiers are properly slotted, um, we wouldn't have been able to get this thing out as successfully as we did. So thank you to all those guys that helped out. Yeah, and it's a great note about, you know, soldiers can, they're going to do the best data quality check on their records, you know, use that new tools, and those new tools in there. As you were talking about, if you see issues, please use the system you know, as it's designed to use them, I, I think it'll help, you know. Yeah, it can only help, especially with this, within the system. I probably forgot a few people, but <laughs> thank those guys, too. Thanks, thank everyone you. involved. Yeah, thanks, everyone involved. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Joe. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Thank you guys. It's the first time.